0: Check check one. All set. We're recording. If you uh, need a quick reminder, we're studying the vice of gluttony. So, this is going to talk about food, believe it or not. Verse 1. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without price and without money. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, says the Lord, and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. In verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul... May live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, and a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that you did not know you shall run to, because of the Lord your God, and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Verse 6 Seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. When I was leaving high school, entering college, I went on this thing called High Road. High Road was a way basically for the college I went to to introduce new students to the real world. But they did this not by taking us to a big city. They did it by taking us to the woods. And so what we would do is we would go, yep, there it is, the the little uh, picture. Thank you, Jacob, for that. We would go to the woods and we would spend two weeks hiking with the only thing that we would eat, the only thing that would be our shelter on our backs for two weeks. I don't know if you all have ever done anything like this, but it's super intense. So we're in week two, and I've already, not joking, lost like 15 pounds because we're eating all freeze-dried food and, you know, pre-prepared stuff. And we're about at the end of this journey called High Road. And to end it, they wanted to really push us to the limit, so, we had to do a 24 hour hike, which means we woke up one morning, early in the morning. We hiked all day long till it got dark. Then we hiked all night long, all the way till the next dawn. Straight, without stopping, we hiked. And in the middle of that, a thunderstorm rolled in, and so it poured on us the entire night. It was delightful. <laughs> And then we ended, to cap it all off, and to really kind of drive home, um, finding you know, yourself in the woods, we ended up on the shore of Lake Superior. Beautiful lake, by the way. And because the lake is so large, it actually filtrates itself, and you can drink the water straight out of it without filtration. It's amazing. So we ran to the water. You know, it's been 24 hours, and we haven't had much to drink at all. We're, we're just diving in, and I'm sucking water into our faces. It was like, ah, yes, water, satisfaction, life. Well, then they said, okay, great, glad you got water. You're now going to spread yourself out to where you can't see any other human beings. So they called it a solo experience. And we were set up there by ourselves with no food for three days. That's how we ended this hike. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. Like, what? It's weird. I don't know. It's like military-ish. I, don't ask me. So we ended with a three-day solo. And I remember one of the most impactful things that happened during my time in that three-day solo was drawing. And I had a notebook and I had a pen. And guess what I drew mostly during my time there? Yeah, guess. Guess. Exactly. Burgers. I drew burgers and fries. I had this whole like fast food menu (laughs) outlined and you could turn the pages and look at all the food. But truly, y'all, it helped me. Believe it or not, it was a good thing because that journey, that ending, that solo, that fast helped me to see the purpose of a fast. I don't know if any of y'all have ever done a fast, a.k.a. don't eat food for several days or a a period of time. But the whole point of it is meant to focus you on the fact that you're hungry. That's it. You're supposed to just remember, I'm hungry. But when it's done in a Christian context, when it's done from Scripture, it's it's meant to make our hearts go, that's my heart's hungry. Yeah, 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 yeah. My body, every time I have a hunger pang, I get this sense of like I need something. I want something. But it's meant to focus our hearts on my heart needs something. My heart wants something. I'm craving something from the depth of my soul just like my stomach here during this time. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And that's what we're going to dig into as we look at gluttony this morning. Gluttony is a sin, not because eating is bad. Eating's great. I love to eat. is a sin because it is a desire to find true life, soul care, through eating and drinking physical food. And the reality is, it never, ever works. I don't know if you've tried it but it never works. Our souls are hungry, but our souls cannot be fed with food and drink ultimately. So let's look into that. Let's dive into that. And as we dive in, I want to make us familiar with a term this morning. I've used it before, but it's going to be something that we're going to circle around throughout our time together today. It's this word. It's a Greek word. Zoe. You ever heard me use that before? Zoe. You may have heard a kid. People name their kid this. Zoe. Right, But it means, it's variously translated in the New Testament, but its ultimate meaning is life. It's also translated in the book of John as eternal life. And throughout the New Testament, both with the teaching of Jesus and with the teaching of John and with the teaching of Paul, and we're going to look at all of those this morning, you'll see that it's the point of existence. Zoe is the point of of existence, It's what we are all looking for. You wake up in the morning and you want zoe. The terms we've used to describe it variously in our lives are things like happiness, fulfillment, ultimate goals. These are the words we use to sort of get at it. But ultimately, it means life, real life. Try to imagine yours this morning. You have one. You have one. There's something you've got in your head, because we all do this, that you're thinking if I get that, if I have that, if my life is like that, this picture in my head, I've arrived. That's it. I've done it. I've made it. I don't know what it is. Everybody's got a different thing. It's like a certain amount of money, a certain job, a certain type of behavior for my kids a certain way my family interacts with each other, a certain home, a certain um, pleasure, a certain uh, you know, success, beating someone at something. You've got it. You've got it. There's something in there that you are striving for. You wake up in the morning thinking about it, and probably you go to bed at night thinking about it too. It drives us. This desire for real life, for zoe. Let's dig into what the Bible teaches us this morning about zoe. Now, as we conclude our study on the the seven vices, we're definitely going to look at gluttony this morning, but I'm going to go a little meta on us. We're going to look at sort of the vices through a whole umbrella because this is the conclusion. So we've got to sort of wrap it up somehow. But let me show you this morning. We'll both look at gluttony and some of the other vices. How we look for Zoe in these vices. Let me, let me describe it. Ready? Pride. Pride is that vision in our head. Again, Zoe, vision of happiness in your head. Pride is Zoe with me at the center of the universe. That's pride. Envy is Zoe is getting what that other person has or Zoe is getting on top of that other person, beating them at something. That's Zoe. Greed says this. Zoe is having more than I have now. Anger, Zoe, is revenge on the person or persons who hurt me. That's how I'm gonna Y'all, this is every action movie ever produced sells the idea that Zoe is revenge on the person who hurt you. It's the plot. Go go think about your favorite action movie. That is the plot. I'm going to find real life by killing all these people. That's how it's going to be found. Zoe. I better have really big guns, too, if I'm going to do that. They usually do. Also, sloth. Real life, Zoe, is being unattached from commitment. (laughs) We've all thought that at some point in our life, haven't we? (laughs) I, I would... I'd really be happy if I could just get unattached from all these people in my life. And then it would be easy and fun, right? Lust. Zoe is sex. Zoe, real life is sex. Gluttony. Here we are today. Zoe can be found in food and drink. Real life. The Bible has a few things to say about this, y'all. And I must confess... That I have to do a little convincing this morning because I know the world around you, with Satan as CEO, is saying this. That's no big deal. These things, all these vices, woo, You Christians, they're, they're always concerned about sin and, uh, it's just ridiculous. That's all they talk about. You know, oh, they're just beat myself up. I'm so bad. You know, you've heard this. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? All these vices. I mean, come on. Can't we have a little fun and be nice to people too? <laughs> Come on. Y'all, reality is this. This is what the Bible teaches. The vices, these seven deadly sins, are literally vacuuming love out of the world. Sucking it out of the world. As people make these things their zoe, it becomes... It's all about me. Number one. It does not matter who I steal from, take from, run over, get from, hurt i got to get my Zoe. Get out of my way. Y'all, this is the cause of every conflict. This is the cause of every problem that you can come up with in this world. It is the vices. It's literally sucking love out of the world, and Satan is loving it. He's loving the fact that we downplay it, that the world downplays it. Okay, let's talk about gluttony for a little bit today. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3. We're going to go back, don't worry, we're going to go back to Isaiah 55. We're going to conclude, that's our crescendo today. But first we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19 as we look at gluttony. Our first point this morning, our first point about gluttony. Like the other vices, gluttony is manufactured happiness. I am going to do this on my own. I'm going to get it. Philippians chapter 3 verse 18 and 19 says this, For many of whom I have often told you, this is Paul talking, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So here is sort of the main center point of gluttony. The belly is God. Another way to put that, the belly will give me Zoe. Because your God is the thing you look to for Zoe. You go to your God for Zoe, for real life, for happiness. And that's what he's saying. He's saying this is destructive. Those who are enemies of the cross of Christ are looking towards the belly to say, "I, I am darn it all, I am going to get life, real life, from what I eat and what I drink. Okay, now, still doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I'm doing the convincing work here. I know you're going, okay, eating, I mean, seriously, drinking, what is the big deal? How is that sucking love out of the world, (laughs) right? I mean, the only thing I really experience is the fact that I have to buy bigger belts all the time. Well, let's look at gluttony. It's not, gluttony is not just about being overweight, y'all. The reality is, in America, we're more, the, the reason we're overweight in America is more has to do with the fact that we're just inactive <laughs> than the fact that we constantly are eating too much food. We just don't get much exercise. We sit behind computer screens, we sit on our couches, At bottom line. So, so I am not here to tell you, okay, if somebody's overweight, they're obviously a glutton. No way. The Bible, no way. You don't get that freebie from the Bible. So if you're thin, you, no free pass here. Sorry. Here's what gluttony is. Gluttony is the first person or the last person to go in the buffet line. Go first so you can get the best stuff off the top or go last to back cleanup and make sure that none of that good stuff is left that you really like. This is pure selfishness. It is. And it's a betrayal of love. It's sucking love out of the world because, again, we're going to see this as we go throughout our passage this morning. Love is self-giving and self-sacrificing. Okay, Gluttony is being an ungracious guest. Y'all, I'm guilty of this. It's being picky when the host offers up the food and drink. Do you have any without seeds? I'm not a big seeds fan. Do you mind taking the butter off the top of that? Will you give me mine without a bun, perhaps? Do you have other cups? This one's not big enough for me. Me, 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 me. Do you see it? Sucking out the love of what a meal is supposed to be. What's a meal supposed to be? A celebration of fellowship with other people. Not me, 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 me. 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 Sucking the love out. That's this. We're getting at gluttony. Gluttony is like being Nathan. Here's how. Being a snobby eater. This is totally me, y'all. Not being satisfied with a slightly stale bun. Got to say something about it. Just as Christy. I often reject leftovers. She's going to love this when she hears the sermon. Why? Because the true pleasure of the freshest food has already been extracted, and that's what I need. So forget leftovers. My God is my belly sometimes. I'm also a coffee snob. Y'all already know this, right? I go to diners, and I'm like, what is this? What is this brown water? Get this away from me. Such a snob. Um, I'm a beer snob. I'm a burger snob. I make the waitress feel bad. I badmouth the cook or the chef, even behind their back, sometimes to their face. And I make Christy wish that she did not have to cook for me. She's literally said that to me before. I don't want to cook anymore. Because I'm like, honey, this asparagus, like, way oversalted. Heaven forbid. <laughs> um, I'm sucking the love out of the restaurant. I'm sucking the love out of my home. I'm sucking the love out of the meal. That's what gluttony does. It's what all the vices do. Suck the love. The meal that was meant to be a way for connection has now become division. See how these things play out? It's not just about being, eating too much. It's not. That's part of it, but it's not just about eating too much. Gluttony is also... Okay, Here, let's go ahead and get to the too much part. Gluttony is also about hoarding food when it would be more loving to give it away. You know, you ever have your kids be like, Can I have that off your plate? (laughs) Get your hand away. Gluttony is spending all your paycheck on going out to eat, on food and drink, so that you have nothing left to give to others. We've all been there. Gluttony is not being able to fast because to fast would mean I have to suffer. And I can't suffer. This is how gluttony works in our mind. I can't suffer because I need to keep manufacturing my own happiness. You know, it's like the picture of the witch in front of the stew doing the stir. (laughs) I'm going to create chaos in this world by by manufacturing my own happiness. I'm going to take somebody down if that's what it requires for me to get my happiness. With this food and drink, I will get what I want. Okay, so there's gluttony. We're going to dive into Zoe in just a second. But this is gluttony. Gluttony says, I need this food and drink. I need what's in my belly to find life. I have to extract life. It's why like, I have to eat the best morsel. I have to have the best foods. I have to, I have to complain about the food that I get. Why? Because I'm trying to extract real life from this food. And it's not there. It's never there. We are... Always left wanting. After the meal is over, after the drinks have been consumed, we're like, I'm still so hungry. I feel sick. I'm laying on the couch. But my soul is still craving something else. Why? Because we want Zoe. Well, let's dive right into Zoe then. What in the world is Zoe? The Bible talks about it all the time. And I want to look, because we don't have time to cover every aspect of Zoe from the Scriptures, I want to hone in on the book of John. John talks about it constantly. Let me, I wrote some down for us this morning. So as the eternal Son and Logos, that's the the term that John uses for Jesus, the Logos, the Word. Christ has life, zoe, in himself. That's John 1, 4. For he is God's creative power. He yields up his human psyche to death. That's That's chapter 10, verse 11. But his zoe, which is the light of men, chapter 1, verse 4, cannot be destroyed. It says Jesus has life within himself and that life is the light of men. That's chapter 1, verse 4. As himself Zoe, he reveals the God whose command is eternal life. That's chapter 12, verse 50. He gives life to believers. And here, let me, let me just give you a litany of how John describes this. Chapter 6, Jesus is the bread of life. Chapter 8, Jesus is the light of life. Chapter 4, Jesus gives the water of life. His words are spirit and life, chapter 6. He gives the words of life, also chapter 6, verse 68. And he has come to give life to the world, chapter 6, verse 33. Believers in Christ already have life through faith. That's chapter 3. They have passed from death to life, chapter 5. With his word, the hour has come, chapter 5 again. He is the resurrection and the life so that believers will live through him though they die, chapter 11. He has already given them glory, chapter 17. Yet this Zoe has an eternal future, chapter 4, and there's the promise of a new vision of glory. Okay, there. I know that's a lot. I mean, I just make you write that down. I just want to try to make the case to you that the Bible is extremely loaded down with this idea of life, of Zoe, of where are you getting your real happiness? The final thing, the thing for which you exist, where are you? Extracting it or trying to extract it. And finally, because this kind of kind of plays into our final point today. Christ coming is the decisive event when, it, when we're talking about zoe. Life comes by commitment to him and it stands under the command of love. For abiding in him is abiding in love, chapter 15 of John. Our love is grounded in God's love, chapter 13. Love of the brethren shows that we have passed from death to life. Y'all, the point being, the vices, Satan, ruler of the world, CEO, the goal is to suck love out of the world. Really, you watch it. Watch the news. Watch them with this perspective. Love is being vacuumed out of this world. We saw it here in Charlottesville, y'all. But Jesus came, and the Bible is super clear about this, and that's why John talks about life all the time, to restore love. Jesus came to jam it back in. He came to restore. He came to reverse the curse. He came to bring it back. And we are a part of that process. It's incredible. That's why Christmas is such a big deal. It's saying, wait a minute, love's coming back. It's coming back. Don't give up hope. I know your relationships are broken. I know you feel the sucking sound all over the place from your boss when you're at work or when you're at the store or when you watch the news. I know you feel the sucking. But I promise you, it's coming back. And it's going to infuse the world one person at a time as Jesus comes and restores life, real life, Zoe, to this. It's, it's incredible. It, can you see it? Yo, this is unbelievable. It's awesome. Okay, well, how? Okay, we've got to get to this. And I'll conclude with this point. Nice, it well. How? How does this zoe through Jesus come back into the world? The incarnation, certainly. I mean, it's Advent. I had to throw that in there. It's just too easy. It's like a softball. you got to smack that one to the fence. But also from Isaiah 55, what we opened up with. Let's look at it one more time. Oh, whoops, I don't have it open in my passage. Let me, hang on. Where is it? Where is it? Where are you? Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. This is God all throughout the Bible. He's like, I have it. I've got it. You want this, Zoe. You're manufacturing all these scenarios in your head for how you're going to find happiness. And he's like, it's right here. I've got it for you. Come to me. You don't have to bring money. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to come to me with a record of righteousness. I'm going to give it all to you. And it's really interesting in this passage where it says, buy, you know, that which is not bread. It talks about wine and milk. Y'all, this is not sustenance here. God is not talking about come to me and I'm going to give you the bare, bare bones basics. Water and bread. You think you want more? No, it's not how God says it. He says wine and milk, which were luxuries in this time, luxuries even today. He's saying I'm going to lavish you with Zoe. I'm going to fill your heart. I am going to fill your soul and you are going to be wildly happy. Psalm 63 says it this way. This is David talking, somebody who filled his tank, his heart tank up on God. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in this sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live and your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and when I meditate on you in the watches of the night for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. Do you see it in his heart as he speaks this psalm out? He's like, my soul is satisfied as with rich food. This is awesomeness. This is craziness. This is amazing. How do you get it? How do we get it? We've got to end with that. We've got to go practical a little bit on this. Okay? Now, one way that we get there's two ways as we conclude. The first way is something I experienced on Thursday morning. I'm with this guy named David, a friend of mine. Doesn't go to church here. But we like to talk about Jesus. We get into John and we like to talk about Jesus. And we're talking about Zoe. And I mean, we are, we're jumping from passage to passage. We're like, look at where Jesus says he's Zoe here. Because he was helping me kind of process through the sermon. And look at where Paul talks about Zoe here in the Bible. We're going to get satisfied. I mean, we were just carried up into like this zone. No one else existed in Starbucks. It was just like, yes, I see it. It just was a moment of, this is it. We found it, man. We we this is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, Jesus. I mean, those moments aren't frequent for me. It's not like every day I'm having those kind of epiphanies. But y'all, that's what God promises us as we study His Word. His Word, His Word. He says, "Eat my Word. Eat it. It's like honey. Get into the Word, y'all." I'm talking about the written word. I'm talking about the spoken word right here. I'm talking about the living word, Jesus Christ. The word is going to satisfy you. I don't know if you've been neglecting it. I know it can feel onerous sometimes. Like, open up that Bible. You know, Tom Fully talked about this last week. Gosh, these pages are so heavy. and I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Y'all, keep eating it. Don't give up. It's worth it. I promise you, you will find satisfaction as you get into the word written, spoken, and living. Mm, it's good. I had a meal of it this week, and mm, you, you just cannot get it from a burger. Okay, that's the first thing. And that's the fun part. Hey, yay, fun. Nathan, little practical application. I'm going to open my Bible. Okay, well, guess what? It gets worse. It gets worse because here's what Jesus said, and I, I don't like this any more than y'all do. He's like, if you want to find real life, real zoe, he says this to people all the time in the New Testament. He's like, guess what? You're going to have to die. That's the requirement. You want real life? You want true life? You want soul-satisfying life? Die. Go die. That's it. Yo, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Here's how he says it in um, Matthew chapter 20. Um, this is a mom of some of the disciples. <laughs> Moms. You can relate to this. He's coming to Jesus, and, she's, and, and Jesus is like, what do you want? She said to him, I want you to say that these two sons of mine <laughs> are going to sit at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom because I want really Zoe good things for my kids. Duh, so do I. Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not for mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called to them and he said, Hey, wait a minute. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. So shall it not be among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I don't know if you saw the reference to food and drink in there. Did you catch it? The cup? They said, we can drink the cup. And Jesus did not say no. He said, yep, you're going to drink the cup. You know what that cup was? He, Jesus sweat blood with that cup near his lips when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was the cup of God's wrath. It was death. Now, God's wrath was poured out upon God. Yea. Woohoo! We're forgiven. But he did not say you won't drink the cup in some manner. We don't have to take the wrath of God. Jesus did that for us. But we will take the cup of suffering. Y'all, this is... It's hard for me to even say it. It just is, right? I want to be the, like, exciting, happy preacher. Like, oh, yeah, hey, just your best life now. Just go and follow these principles and you are going to, like, Succeed at everything you do. No, here's what you're going to do. If you want real life, you're going to die to yourself. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be horrible, painful, awful, and wonderful, amazing life-giving all at the same time. Because that's what it was like for Jesus and his disciples. Let me... Okay, what does this mean? What does this mean practically? Okay, Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 2, he says... I've died with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live. I'm dead. This is like walking into um, a meeting or a dinner party or going to the event or going to the bank or going to the grocery store or going to church or going home and being like, I'm dead. Nathan's dead. Because Jesus is living in me. You have the opportunity to be Christ. And I know this sounds crazy a little bit, but y'all, it can happen really practically within our lives. You are the hands and feet of Jesus in this life, it says. We have died with him. You will find new joys and new ways to handle the pressures you face as you begin to die to yourself. Everything is transformed. Fixing a leaking pipe or changing a diaper or holding a hand or fixing a meal or writing a note or making a phone call or filing a tax form or watching a child or talking to an annoying neighbor is transformed as you die to yourself. I don't have to find Zoe anymore in that, this, that, this, that, and this. I am free. That's what Jesus talked about. I'm free. I've let it go. Because my happiness, my Zoe, is in Jesus alone. Nathan can die. Y'all, I did this yesterday. We went to a party after one of my kids' soccer games and I didn't really want to go. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have to fight this. I don't have to be cranky. I don't have to make Christy feel miserable for the fact that we're going. Nathan, Nathan, why don't you just die? Why don't you just die right here? And let's go. And why don't you talk to those annoying people and listen to all their, what they have to say, and and this is going to be great. And it was. It was delightful. Because it wasn't me showing up at the party. It was Christ through me showing up at the party because Christ is my Zoe. He's my Zoe. That is what it means, y'all. That's what Jesus meant when he's like, if you want to find life. If you want to save your life, Jesus said, lose it. Because in the, in the process of losing it, guess what? You are going to find it. Real life. Zoe is available, y'all. Today, in hundreds of small ways. Jesus taught it, he lived it, and he gave us the power to do it. Because why? Why? We're about to enter this meal, y'all, and this meal is the picture of how Jesus empowers us to die to ourself and to live to Him. So we're gonna, I'm gonna tease that out a little bit as we get into the meal. But my, my encouragement to all of us is this Eat on the Word. Jesus Christ. He came for you. It's always available to you. And he's constantly saying, come, buy this milk, this wine, this good stuff without money, without price. It's not about your good deeds. It's not about you being a nice person. I've paid the price. Come to me. Let's pray. Lord God, Jesus, you are Zoe. I pray, Lord, oh man, it's hard for me to just get it out. Lord, so you by your Holy Spirit, you get this truth out to your people, Lord, through your word. Lord, you are you are Zoe, you are life. Help us as a congregation, Lord, as we grow in you, help us to die. Help us to die to our dreams, to our little manufactured happinesses, to our little our little goals and our little plans. And our little self. And come alive in us, Jesus Christ. That we might serve radically our families, those we work with, our friends, Lord. And may that joy that you promised, Jesus, you promised it, so we trust you to come through for us. That you would bring that joy and that life into our hearts this week. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Obvi, obvi, obvi. Sorry, it's not that obvious. Here it is, y'all. This is why we do communion every week. Jesus was like, this is the meal to beat all meals. You've had a steak? No, you haven't. Nothing like this. This is the meal to beat all meals. He said, as he was with the disciples in the upper room, he's like, this is my body, which is broken for you. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And he was teaching us. He was teaching the disciples up in that upper room, but he's teaching us today, y'all, this, right here, is where life is found. This is it. It's found in Jesus. And this is a picture of the way he fills us And he satisfies us. Wow. How awesome. If you you don't, if Jesus is not your Zoe, if you have not chosen him as the God of your life, we would ask that you reflect, that you pray, and you let these elements pass by. But if if you have believed on him, this meal is for you, and this meal is meant to fill you up more than any steak dinner ever could. Because it's for your soul eat with celebration and with joy today. Amen. Amen. I can get your help, dude? You go middle, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go with the sun. The body of Christ broken for who? For you. Eat now Enjoy in joy and remembrance. So here's what's awesome Jesus didn't say, Come to the feast, come, buy wine, and make sure you bring all your good stuff. Make sure you bring all your good gifts. Make sure you bring all your good acts you've done in this world. Make sure you bring your niceness. He didn't say that. The Bible never says that. It says, come without money. Without money. You have nothing to bring to the table. And Jesus said on top of that, I am going to remove every single one of your sins and my blood is going to do it. The blood of life, this life blood is going to remove your sins. This come and drink all of you this morning, and as a reminder, and thankfully they're different colors, so you'll know, uh, the outside ring is grape juice, and the inner rings are wine as a reminder. Oh, it's not coming down. Sorry, you're not get any I'm just kidding There it comes. I got it. There you go. We're figuring it out still. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to let you pass it down, my neck. that's okay. Is that. No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. We're figuring it out. No, is your hand? I'm so sorry. I'm like, here. Sorry, man, you don't get any.